This is the Liberator Podcast from Giant Worldwide. Welcome to the Liberator Podcast. My name is Jeremy Kubitschek. I'm with Steve Cockham, as always, my my compadre, my uh, business partner, friend, and um, yeah, generally generally good guy um, overall. Steve, welcome. It's, it's always one of my favorite moments of the week to see what words come out of your mouth when you go through that particular introduction. <laughs> and you did very well to exercise discretion and discipline. But thank you, Jeremy, for that welcome. I am always grateful to see you, um, even if it's only on a small screen. So yeah, what's been happening in the metropolis of Oklahoma? Uh, Judging you... by my Facebook feed, it's back to school week because I'm seeing a lot of pictures of sweet little children in new uniforms. That's right. And uh, my son... Uh, Will Kubitschek is starting at the University of Oklahoma, uh, first day of college today, and he's wow. uh, running on the track team. He's a decathlete, so he's got track practice, and he's trying to figure out, he's got to be at one class, you know, at one one time period, and he's got a mile away, he's got another class, so he's got to buy a bike to get there in 10 minutes, a 10-minute drive for one mile to get to the class, so it's, you know, it's fun for him. My other daughter is going back to college. I have two in college, one in high school. That is the craziness of the Kubitschek world at this season. And uh, how about you? What's going on in uh, What's going on in in England in this well, time period? I think the answer is very little is going on in England right now. I think um, the French have a phrase called la grande vacance, which uh, if you have wait, 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 say that one more time. La grande vacance. La grande. <laughs> Let me try this. Go ahead. Say it again. It, well, do you want me to do it slowly? Yes. So it's la. 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 Grande. Grande. Vacances. Vacances. The grand vacation. There you go. You've got uh, it. Look at that. Vacances. You're almost, you're almost fluent. Really. So basically the French have a, um, uh, it's actually a part of their culture. And basically in August, uh, everyone in Paris moves to the south of France. So nothing happens. Government shuts down. I mean, pretty much nothing happens. And it's fascinating for me as a cultural observer to look at this in tendency. This is one area where I think the Brits are becoming more European, which is slightly ironic on the grounds that March next year we're officially leaving. So um, there we go. Uh, we're in the middle of the Grand Vacances. We're a little bit like you. Um, Izzy's getting ready to go off. Our eldest is off to college this year, so um, or university if you happen to be in England. But they don't start until middle of September, so got a little bit longer and um, obviously we have a Megan who's 14 and Charlotte our very unexpected blessing in our old age um, who's still only seven who is an American citizen uh, she's adorable but we work out I think I'm 84 when she goes to college so you know we've got oh, a few years yet so funny. the the, em- the empty nester syndrome is not going to be happening here but we're, we're, we're well I, I think the Americans would have a really really hard time with la grande vacance right and <laughs> Not this, just pronouncing it. This whole concept uh, just wouldn't work in America, but but should it? That's the question. And so it's actually a good topic for all of the millions of, of listeners around the world in in our dreams. Um, the the topic of today, the Liberator Podcast, is actually uh, going into the depth of recharge. Last time we talked about recharge on vacations and how we did it and What's the flow? And we, we kind of went into really understanding that. This week, we're going to go even deeper. And we're going to go into an area that we rarely talk about. Uh, I think because a lot of people freak out about it. But we're going to talk a little bit about soul. And we're going to talk about uh, 
soul care, spiritual recharge, and what needs to happen as a leader, if we're liberators, if we're fighting for the highest possible good of those we lead, what does, what does the soul look like? And why do you think, Steve, why do you think people are so afraid of talking about soul or spiritual um, in today's world? Do you have any opinions on that? Well, you know me, I've always got opinions. Um, it's not one of your tea wall tea-ups, that one. Um, <laughs> I think, Jeremy, I, and this is where, you know, it'd be interesting to compare cultures. I think that in UK, let's talk about the one I know most, there is a level of political correctness in our post-Christian culture over here that pretty much everything is tolerated in a postmodern world as long as you're not trying to say that you have you have an absolute truth. So here's my truth. Um, I respect your truth. But the moment you say that your truth is somehow uh, more correct than mine or that I need to do something about that truth, then we come up against some pretty, pretty challenging realities. And we're watching that happen more and more in the political, in the work realm. So I kind of think there's a sense in which um, all talk of spirituality and faith is increasingly being pushed from the margins of the public debate because increasingly to hold um, what would have been traditional Orthodox Christian viewpoints on particular topics would, in theory now, potentially put you at risk. So we may get an awful lot of tweets um, and and because we're going to talk about something which in some ways is less safe um, and you know, that, that would be my, I think that's why we do it over here. I don't think it's because people believe it any less. I think it's just because we're kind of trying to work out what are the rules of engagement in the public space in the new postmodern world. And uh, having lived in England, uh, it was really interesting. There's not the separation of church and state that there is in the U.S. So there is a lot more uh, church involvement in the U.K. It was really fascinating. Easter week is a much bigger deal uh, even Christmas is a much bigger deal in the UK than it is in the US, and yet there is more of a postmodern feel in the European feel in England than there is in the US. In the US, I think uh, I think there's a control of the left coast and, and the right coast, so the coasts mm -hmm. and the influence have, and so. But I think most people uh, in the country and the US know that there's a soul care, but it's just not talked about. Uh, unless it, and so then uh, it would, that would come from churches or the traditional religious groups. So what we want to do for all the listeners here today is we, we actually want to get across that. We're not talking about a church. We're not talking about a uh, even religion per se uh, of any regard. We're talking about what does your soul need? What is your body? So if you're if we're a culmination of mind, I think everyone would understand and believe there is the mind. Yes, logic and, and so forth. There's heart. And even though heart has a physical heart, there is a there is a heart of a person uh, and the soul of the person. All of those kind of, and we're not trying to get into the theological realms here, but together, there is something in us that is deeper than just logic. And to go, what does soul care look like for us? So it's the spiritual side of a person, which mm -hmm. usually then leads to a faith of some sort. And so we're going to talk about, uh, we're not really even talking about today or espousing what that is for for anyone, we're talking about how to recharge. So if that's the center point of how do we recharge, what does your soul need? What does your spirit need? What do you need, Steve, and what do I need? And we're really just sharing that from, we're giving you what we're learning for ourselves personally 
so that those who are listening might be able to maybe reflect and go one stage deeper than we normally would. So any comments on that before we get started, Steve-O? No, I think we're good. So um, do you want to start? Do you want me to start um, with, with just talking through what does your soul need right now and where are you from a spiritual recharge? Why don't you go first then? I won't cause too much offense. <laughs> so um, it, it's summer. So for me, summers are always uh, attributed to uh, not having school, uh, summer camps, uh, almost renewal for me in, a, in an interesting way, where a lot of people people think of spring. But for me, the seasons are really, really important. And they tie in for me. And so I've always had this uh, heritage for summers to be important. I also had old days of football and two-a-days and things like that. So there's this kind of a little bit more of a discipline. Well, with the travel that I've been doing and the work that we've been doing when we've been writing this book and uh, that comes out next March, uh, just a lot of work and a lot of thinking going on. I've noticed that I've been overdoing my brain. So my mind has been spending so much time thinking and pondering about things that I've felt um, a little distance and or a lack of really soul care, if you will, in the same way that I feel like, you know what, I need to lose a few pounds. <laughs> you know, they kind of go both hand in hand. So the physical uh, and the, the soul. So what I'm knowing about myself right now is I'm knowing I need a deeper uh, intimacy and a deeper level of thinking and, or sorry, a deeper level of almost meditation and deeper connection uh, with God. And so that's been my, that's been the feeling that I've had. And so I'm really, really excited um, about the season because I, I think both you and I feel, both feel this way. It's like, it's really a season of soul care of what are I, what am I what am I needing right now? We'll get into the doing, what we're doing about it here in a minute. But that's where my my soul is craving a deeper depth that I've had in the past and that mm. I want, again, because what I'm really looking for is I'm really searching for peace. Mm. And peace in the midst of craziness, in the midst of the growth that we're experiencing, in the midst of just the activity that's happening in the giant world and in our world. Uh, and I want that anchor. And so my soul is needing confidence and peace and rest and um, real security uh, in who I am and what I'm about. And so that's just, that's what, what I know my soul needs and my spirit needs. Um, how, would you, how would you add to it from your perspective? I think... Um... It's really good. I appreciate you sharing. It's it's. I don't have instant words. I think that there's a, you know, I think obviously for both of us, sort of faith has been a key component of our of our lives. And for me, you know, almost I, I think that the 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 thing for me is I know when I look back, and summer is always a time in England where there's there's more space, there's more time, and you can either squander it, which means you watch too many things or you stay up late or you actually attend to um you know i guess soul surgery or whatever you want to call it of just asking the question for me always when have i been at my best when have i been most content when i when when has my peace index been the highest 
And interestingly, when I retrace those steps, it has always been um, the correlation between that and when I have felt close to God has always been almost a, a universal. So I always, I always ask when I do my sort of soul reflection is, I ask, how are the key covenant relationships of my life? And I go from the center out. So it's a bit like circles of influence only the other way. And it doesn't seem to matter to me how good my relationship with Helen is or how good my relationship with the kids are or how good my relationship with you or how good with the team. If my, if my inner core being is off in my relationship with God, then actually nothing ever feels as good. <laughs> nothing ever... It, so it doesn't mean the external successes are not as... They're still there. But somehow it doesn't feel as aligned as it does when I feel like I flow out of a place of peace and a place of rest and a place of, I guess, almost intimacy. So I think, you know, I think for me that's been the, it's great in some ways that you and I have been both experiencing the same almost deep calling to deep of saying, guys, look, you know, you're going after something which is pretty profound but the question is, you know, the further you, you climb, the deeper the roots need to go. So it's a little bit like, after that, my little analogy, that the height of the mountain is always defined by the depths of the valley. So if you want to go higher, you have to go deeper. So I think in some ways, I think both of us are beginning to realize a little bit of the scale of what we've been entrusted with. And so therefore, there's a sense of going, if we're going to actually grow and expand, it probably is time to, to de- dig down into the roots again. Um, so for me, that's been that's been the main metaphor for me of the of the actually thinking I need to go deeper in order that I don't let people down. I think that's the thing of going, hey, this responsibility is growing. How do I make sure I grow in depth and the ability to continue to meet the leadership challenges of where we are today? The the idea of the liberator is that the liberator fights for our highest possible good. It's someone who calibrates high support and high challenge. Is someone who will look and, and find the things that are undermining us and they'll call us up, not call us out. So what's really interesting about that concept and that phraseology is could you actually, those listening, could you actually feel and believe that God is a liberator for you, that he's fighting for your highest possible good, that he's, that he's bringing the appropriate support and challenge, that he's actually helping you look to see what it's like to be on the other side of yourself and calling you up to the next level. That's where the soul search, that's the spiritual uh, piece. Sometimes we call it SQ, spiritual quotient. So there's activities that you do there. In the same way, if you want to get better in emotional intelligence, if you want to get uh, uh, better in IQ, there's certain things that you'll take on. The difference with, with soul is it's not just activities that you do. You actually have to get there in your mind, in your heart, in your spirit. It's a different alignment. So I've been doing something different. Let me get it, we'll get into the doing, what I'm doing for it. So I do this thing. Um, it, it might sound a little cheesy. Sometimes Steve laughs at me when I, when, or other people laugh when I say daily charge. It's not like Stuart Smalley when I look into a mirror and say, I feel healthy, happy, and terrific, and doggone it, people like me. But I do this daily charge, and I did it this morning. And um, I went into my um, little area, my room, my office. I sat in a chair, and I actually pushed back a meeting that I had uh, with one of our guys in London. And I pushed it back for a few just because I needed a little bit longer. And I sat in my, my um, 
I sat in my chair and I did a little exercise and I did a breathing exercise. And I mean, I literally, it's meditation. Okay. So for those of you that are freaked out, uh, you might get more freaked out to go on. Just do basic meditation. I mean, I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm a novice for sure. I literally just open my palms. I put my feet on the floor and I imagine feeling my feet on the ground and I just practice breathing. And then what I do is I actually call myself up and I remind myself who I am. Now I also do this. I, um, I, I remind myself who God is and I, I tell him who he is to me and I remind myself who he is to me. Then I immediately tell myself who I am and I call myself up. So this morning, an example, like, you know, I'm a liberator. I'm a fighter. I fight for the highest possible good. And I start thinking, and so what happens is I almost do this, connect with God, connect with me. I read this little um, uh, uh, verse and, and just kind of a passage, and I pondered it, and I thought about it, and then I, you know, had, uh, I immediately went from there and almost like felt good, and then moved out, like you were saying, the circles. I moved out and started then uh, almost just wanting the best, praying for people, praying for my kids, start a school, all those things. And I moved out in the circles and it was like this energy, um, that was inside that I was, like you were saying, I felt at peace with God. I, I called myself up and then I took all that energy and it went out to everyone else. And I just wished the best for them in the form of a prayer. And then I was like, I'm ready. I'm ready for my day. It just felt right. And that's why, um, oftentimes We'll tell people um, it's really, really important not to do email first thing. Because if you do email first thing in the morning, if you go into fourth gear, you've thrown yourself off. And now your mind, your soul, you're calling yourself up harder because now you're distracted by the email you got. So now your mind gets fixated on that email and throws you off kilter and you're not ready for your day. So for me, I'm really, really working because I... I get up and I'm excited about the day and I want to go and I want my mind to start working. But what I needed to do is almost align my soul and my heart with my mind to get me really, really on the right um, uh, track for the day. So that's what I do. I call it a daily charge. Um, you know, some of you go way, way deeper than that. Some of you um, don't do anything. And so, um, and then I do other things during the evening. I read and I journal at night and things like that, but it's just different. But that's what I do in the morning. How, how about you, Steve? How would you take, what's your rhythm? I think the, um, I'll tell you what my rhythm is at its best. And that's what it is at the moment. Trying to keep it that way is always a challenge for those of us who are lack of discipline. But I think the thing for me is I always talk about, um, I usually win the first battle of the day the night before. So for me, what I found is, if I go to, if I'm asleep by eleven o'clock, my world changes the next day. So, uh, you know, very little good happens after eleven o'clock in most parts of the world, um, certainly for men. And I think that the, the the idea of going, and I've I've basically said, and in the new house we moved, it was a new place, new beginnings. I basically said I'm not going to bring my phone to bed, the bedroom, because I don't trust myself. So. I've been leaving all electronics downstairs. I have to bring a watch so I can get out. And I'm now, I'm now day, I think I'm day 12 um, in my detox of my addiction. Um, Helen is very impressed, which is good. Um, amazed is another word. And um, 
And then basically I found that I don't need that much sleep. So basically I wake up now literally six hours after I go to sleep. And it's, it, it's been within five minutes for the whole. So I get up at then about five o'clock, um, something five and five thirty, and I come downstairs to my little office. So having a place has been huge for me. I've not had an office of my own for gosh, eight years. So in the new house, I have an office and it's become a really special place. I have a chair, I have, you know, and I will put some music on. And I literally spent the, you know, the last 12 days, I spent the last first two and a bit hours of the morning just with not doing work at all. I read, I reflect, I journal, I watch some things. Um, you know, I've been watching a series called Soul Detox. It seems particularly appropriate. Um, and, and basically, I love what you said is, I find that if I prepare my heart and if I really prepare and I take on board the fuel for the day because what I realize I think is people people expect us to give wisdom it's part of our job <laughs> wisdom is almost our currency that's really what and I was almost like going I feel so much happier sharing what I perceive to be the right way of looking at things if I'm coming out of it in a good place so all of a sudden it's like that core, the overflow of that into when Charlie comes jumping into my office at 7.30 in the morning, well, you know, it's just a joy. It's, you know, take Helen a cup of tea or whatever it may be. It's like I suddenly find that being a pioneer, my natural default tendencies are usually to selfishness and harsh critique. I find that when, I am, when I'm connected at the soul with the, with the one who made me, all of a sudden I begin to watch my attitudes and my behaviors change. The tendencies don't go away, interestingly, but I find myself checking them a little bit live from before. So I think that for me is I tend to I tend to need an intellectual way into my day, being a thinker. So I I almost don't I will read and I will watch and I will think and I write, I take notes and every morning kind of has different components to it. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like for me, going back to this is the this is the thing I'd recommend to anyone listening. When did you feel most alive? When did your soul feel most healthy? I'm always going back to the patterns and behaviours that when I remember that I was most alive, this is what I did. So in some ways, it's a little bit like for me going back, but I realise the only way of going back is I have to I have to choose when I go to bed because that dictates what time I get up. There you go. That's so. Yeah. Don't put it this way. That's not me saying I've done this for the last five years. This is me actually saying this is me at my best. I long for it to be at my best, but I also know myself well enough to know that um, it, you may ask me on any given day, and it may not have been as good as it had the last couple of weeks. And if you have children and a spouse, and, uh, it changes. It, so they may be in a different place than you. And you may, mm-hmm. so, you know, sometimes you're up and they're down or they're up and you're down. So it's that, that culmination. Mm-hmm. And so, but it's really important. So far as it depends on you, you can't give, we can't give what we don't possess. Mm-hmm. And so if we're required a lot, then we've got to go into deeper levels because uh, if you have just a little bit of fuel, and uh, you'll spend that in no time. And so we've got to go back to our, the source, the well, the the depths. And that's what we're after. If we're fighting for your highest possible good, then we, we, we've, we've been giving you wisdom, some IQ, some emotional intelligence, a lot of personality. 
but we want it to make sure that the SQ gets developed, the spiritual quotient is, is developed in you as well. So it's really important that you really find that. I mean, if you want to, if you want to talk more about that, um, you're, you're welcome to uh, reach out to us. It's, uh, uh, Jeremy at, at GiantWorldwide.com, Steve at GiantWorldwide.com, pretty simple email addresses. Uh, and uh, we'd be glad, uh, mine's with an I-E, J-E-R-E-M-I-E, um, but we'd be glad to, to talk to you about it, uh, give you any insights uh, that, that we have uh, outside of this. But the, the key is for recharge and renewal and staying fresh. And um, it's not something that you can just do once and you have for the rest of your life. You have to invest in it. And if you want to invest in the depths, then, uh, you know, the metaphor I had, I love your valley, uh, the higher the mountain, the deeper the valley. Um, the metaphor I've always used is the metaphor of a tree. Um, the higher the tree goes, the higher the tree, the deeper the roots. So the mm-hmm. roots, the roots, when a tree is being, you know, when it's growing, it actually is growing down first until it gets the right water source and then it can shoot up. So if you want to be a mighty oak or big tree, I mean, if you really want to do it, uh, then you've got to go to the depths. You've got to actually have your roots down deep. And that's what we're talking about today. Uh, one of the things, and I'll throw this out there for any of you listening, um, that we're doing, we're actually, uh, we're taking a retreat that we're, we're creating this next February, February, 2019. And we are, um, we're, we're taking couples. We've got about 20 or so um, already signed up. We'll have another 20 that will come on board. And we're taking couples on a journey. And it's not just a spiritual journey. It's, it's, it's a holistic journey. I mean, it's, it's family, uh, self-leadership, but it's renewal, recharge. And we're going to Cancun, which is nice place to do it. And we'll spend a few days uh, together. And so if any are interested in that as well, you can, you can actually reach out to Jeremy at giantworldwide.com and then we'll, we'll connect to you and, uh, send you the details of that. But it's basically a recharge, uh, retreat. It's a liberator network, uh, the gathering of all, all the people who value liberation and get this idea that we're trying to do. Um, and so we're doing that in the giant world. And, um, so if any of anyone's interested, then we'd love to have you along who really want to go to another level. So, um, Steve, any last thoughts for you before we finish? Yeah, I love my, I love my final thought. Um, I think, I think the thing that I'd say as well is that, um, it's really hard to do this on your own. I think the thing that I love most about our partnership and in many ways, you know, the, is the ability to have at least one person that you can really talk about the real things with. And I think that that's the reason why I think a, a lot of leaders struggle because they're quite isolated. The, the, the senior leaders often get quite lonely. And I would say that when it comes to soul, there's an internal process where actually it's important that you understand how you recharge. But there's, I would also say there's an external process of just being able to talk a little bit about what's going on with someone that you trust so that you externalize some of those things that are learning and going on. So we've almost modeled that for you today by almost kind of thinking out loud together, just sharing something of our own, uh, I guess our own journey at the moment. And the fact that we're doing it together makes it a lot easier to, to kind of to keep processing, particularly for extroverts among us who actually often need to be able to think out loud to really get clarity of where we're going. So just a gratitude for you, Jez, as well, that kind of, you know, what is it now, six years on, that I think our friendship and our partnership and the, the trust in each other is deeper. And I, I, I'm grateful for that and just want you to know that on record today. There you go. 
Uh, for me, on the other hand, it's uh, this will be our last time together. Oh wait, can you imagine? <laughs> um, so uh, that's, that's such a snarky thing to do. No, I'm so grateful to you, man. I I, I wouldn't be who I am without uh, you liber- being a liberator to me. And um, so that's that's the way it works. And so when you have people that fight for your highest possible good, you'll become a better person. And so mm-hmm. that's that's an encouragement to all listening. Uh, this is this is life. This isn't just some leadership shtick. Uh, we're talking about we want to be people that people want to follow, uh, not have to follow. And so hopefully as you uh, listen to this one, uh, you'll do a little bit of soul care. You'll really maybe explore. Maybe you'll return to some of the things that were in the beginning where you, you, uh, you can get healthier and really focus on the spiritual aspect. So uh, with that, we'll see you next time on the Liberator Podcast. Cheers. Thanks so much for listening. That concludes today's episode of the Liberator Podcast from Giant Worldwide. You can find out more information about us online at giantworldwide.com.